0: Bored with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the jellied and fresh cranberries of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and still to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who always holds his shape, Josh, how are you doing?
1: Oh, uh, I'm okay. It's been It's been a week, Kyle. Uh, it's been a week. Also, uh, I don't always hold my shape, my shape is always changing, so <laughs> I'm more of a regular cranberry to a jellied.
0: <laughs> do you prefer jellied cranberries over fresh cranberries? Or no, for fresh, no.
1: <laughs> I know we had this conversation about we did last year, cranberries, and yeah. no, when we talked about the state fair, and I told you, oh,
0: that's what it was, yeah. So,
1: like, I'm I I'm in Massachusetts. I I have to say fresh cranberries. For, you don't have to. I well, and I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's my pref- It's my preference. I also. I I cannot stand. There's two different. If you go to the store and get juice, there's cranberry juice yep. and there's cranberry cocktail, cocktail. which people yeah. think is the same thing. It is. Not even close to the same thing.
0: (laughs) Is this a cranberry cocktail, like cranberry, grape, and apple or something like that? Yeah, it's like
1: fruit punch, but
0: cranberry. Yeah, with a a little cranberry tossed in. Uh, So here's the deal, though, Josh. But jelly cranberries are so good. And I'm the person who usually is all (laughs) fancy about my food. I like to go to fancy places to eat. But man, something about jelly cranberries, they come out of the can, they hold their shape. You know, you use your spoon. My uh, partner is very specific that when you take your slice of cranberries, you have to follow the rings that are there (laughs) so that they're always, you know, staying in a good form. I don't know. Something about jelly. I like regular cranberries, too, or fresh cranberries or however you want to look at them. But there's something about jellied cranberries that I just really enjoy. I
1: mean, good for you. (laughs) 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 I'm not judging you. Uh, Lots of people... uh, (laughs) For some reason, really, really love jellied cranberry, uh, and I just I missed the boat on that one.
0: <laughs> That's okay. i mean, Is it? Does it have to do with your texture thing?
1: Um, uh, not not really, because I like Jello. It's still a solid. Okay. It looks like a solid. It is a solid. So I'm okay with it at, to that point. Um, I just I don't know. I just it's I don't eat it at Thanksgiving. It's like the one food at the table I won't eat. I know I'm weird in that. And I know I'm in the minority on that one. And and as a cranberry fan, I I get why people are confused that I don't like it, but it's just it's just not for me.
0: Maybe this year you should do a cranberry sandwich where you have jellied cranberry as your bread if you would and you put fresh cranberries in between and eat it like that. That would be kind of cool, right? That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> to be honest, uh, I don't think
1: that you that literally sent shivers down my spine when you that when you said
0: that. <laughs> well, I guess you know never too late for some Halloween shivers. I guess <laughs> cranberry sandwiches is what does it. I guess. Yeah.
1: Yikes! That is nightmare fuel for my consistency problem for sure. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, well, you know, I I try, I guess, I guess I try. No, you did a good job. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Hey, dear listener, I think the big thing to I kind of want to point out is, I feel like especially lately, and Josh, you can feel free to disagree with this, but I, I think this is true. I don't know, especially this year, but I feel like basically once Halloween happened, it is now already Christmas.
1: Everywhere uh, I
0: go, yeah. I know you probably, most people don't watch regular quote unquote TV anymore, but all of the commercials already everything is now Christmas uh, now. Like it was like November 1st happened, Halloween is over, forget Thanksgiving, Christmas time it is already. And I don't know how I feel about that. Like I like Christmas. I enjoy Christmas, but I really like food. So I feel like Thanksgiving Christmas needs to stay in its lane a little bit here, I feel like.
1: Yes, people are forcing Christmas to be to be, to be sooner, frankly. Uh, right! I, I agree. Um, I don't know. I think, for me, I think weather always is a factor. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know about you, but we just kind of skipped fall. We're, like, in winter now. Here it got pretty chilly here. So, I think that has something to do with it. Uh, typically, yeah, we're not out actively enjoying the fall weather. We're not because it's just so cold. Like we're not out enjoying the falling of the leaves and the playing and, and having, you know, campfire, campfires, fires in the fire pit at night. And, and truly like having a fall, it literally went right. from Halloween to winter for us. So, um, so that might have something to do with it. Also, it doesn't help that it's retail has forced Christmas into everyone's um purview like in october like it's already like i walked into target on like october 30th and halloween stuff was on clearance already yeah and christmas stuff was already up and halloween hadn't even happened yet yeah uh, so it's it's a big portion. you can't go to like lowe's or home depot without giant inflatable christmas stuff in your face it's just kind of put uh, and i agree i am a big uh thanksgiving fan Th- but people people don't celebrate it like for a month like they do Christmas. That's like, very true. You just know Thanksgiving's coming, and mm-hmm. then you celebrate it on that day, and then everyone's like, okay, tomorrow I'm putting up my Christmas tree.
0: Yeah, or but, some people maybe in PSVG uh, already have.
1: Yeah, which is – I have some words for those people. <laughs> and if you're <laughs> one of those people listening, you're great. <laughs>
0: Do whatever makes you happy. Follow your heart. Josh, it's very clear we haven't recorded an episode of Board With Everything for a while because we are going on and on. So we'll wrap this part of it up. But there will be a new episode, if you are a Patreon listener, uh, with Board With Everything very soon. We actually were talking about scheduling that this right before we recorded this podcast. So look for that soon. Uh, I do want to give a brief update, though, on Metafall. With Doom Eternal getting pushed to spring... This coming Friday's release of Star Wars and Pokemon are the last games in Metafall. So next week, we will probably do our Metafall wrap-up because I feel like with those games, more than likely their Metacritic scores will be pretty salient by Sunday. I don't think they're going to move all that much by Mm -hmm. then. I think most of the big... Folks who are going to do the reviews we will have the reviews out day and date or whenever the review embargo lifts. So I'm not too worried about those moving too much. So we'll probably do the Metafall show next week. So we'll announce the winners there. And then after that, we'll actually, because of it being the end of a decade, kind of start moving into our end of year stuff. Because we'll do some end of decade stuff, end of year stuff, uh, do some awards, and then look forward to 2020, which is kind of ridiculous to say. Yes, But... Awesome. So hey, let's go ahead and jump into the show as usual. Thanks so much for joining us this week. If you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at BoardWithVG on Twitter, or check out all of the amazing work at Board with VG on Instagram. We're very proud to be part of Play Some Video Games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We're absolutely thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far, and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us at patreon.com PSVG, But the most important thing is just that you listen, and maybe share what we do with someone else who might enjoy it as well. Finally, we're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games, and would like to dive deeper into the world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast, as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that is right for you. So Josh, we are... You know, this is the first time we have recorded in a while. We recorded early last time because you, sir, had a very special place to go.
1: Yeah, Rome, New York. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, you went and did some Extra Life stuff. Why don't you (laughs) kind of tell us about Extra Life and how that all went?
1: Uh, Sure, I would love to. Uh, So, yeah, uh, not too long ago, uh, Kevin uh, Austin of PSVG reached out to me. And, yeah, Ike was kind of gauging my interest in participating in this Extra Life event, which was going to feature, um, if you're uh, a part of, former part of our Make Us Better community, uh, or just follow this, like, little pod family that we have, um, Bad Bit, Mr. Badbit was there, the Nintendo Guru stopped by for an appearance, Sean Capri was there. Garrett Bland, Skinny Matt, one of our dedicated listeners, um, was there. I'm probably forgetting people, and I apologize to those people. But we had a oh um, jams from uh, if you're into in the Fluxipose Discord. Um, we had a lot of people show up, and we and we teamed up with this group called um, Phoenix Overdrive, and it's like a collective group. So everyone is doing fundraising for their local children's hospitals. Mine was boston children's hospital kevin's was hasbro children's hospital in rhode island and you know we did our own fundraisers you know in my first year i didn't i didn't know what to expect especially with only having about a week of fundraising to do so my i just kind of set a low goal i doubled my goal which i was pretty happy about um and thanks to kyle for donating as well uh and anyone else who listened and donated i i really appreciate your donation uh, it was, it was a pretty fun because Kevin and Sean Capri had a pretty exciting battle of donations all the way through the Extra Life event, which was very fun to watch. <clears throat> uh, Sean Capri won an Xbox One X while we were there, which was a little demoralizing. <laughs> he won it from the Phoenix Overdrive um Raffle that happened oh, really? while we were there. <laughs> so I kind of yelled at him. I said, "You could just ask them for one, and you, can, and they'll give it to you." <laughs> and he ended up donating it to one uh, someone. He ended up giving it away to someone who donated. Uh, so Kevin and I both wanted it. We didn't get it, so <laughs> uh, that was a bummer. Um, so the event was held in um, in Rome, New York. It's it was at a community college, Mohawk Valley Community College. Uh, they rented out this conference room. And Lee, uh, was the gentleman who set up this whole event for us. And he had his, he had a little team, and you know they had a big projector in the middle of this room. They had some game tournaments on it. They did a um, Marvel vs. Capcom Ulti, not Ultimate, the new, the newest one, Infinite. They had a fighting tournament for that. They had Crash Team Racing tournament. They had a Rocket League tournament. They gave away uh, GameStop gift cards for the winners. Um, we yeah, I mean so we drove up there, we set up Kevin and I were sitting next to each other, we were in the same row as uh Sean Capri and, and Bobby, uh Mr. Badbit himself. And it was uh forty to sixty people there. Uh there people oh, wow. kinda people kinda dropped in and dropped out. Um but I wanna say there was at least forty streamers.
0: Dang. Uh, There's
1: a lot of PC people there.
0: Okay. Um
1: and we had a, cute, a couple hiccups. So they basically had the room run for power and hardwired for Ethernet. So a couple times, you know, fuses popped because they just were trying to, to work on the right setup. So, yep. um, but I, they get a lot of credit because they really jumped right on the problem. And we didn't wait probably longer than 10 minutes. And it only happened two, maybe it happened a third time, but I can only remember two times. Mm-hmm. it only happened two times that i can remember um and we were back up gaming uh right away so that was good uh kevin's xbox didn't take the uh brownouts too well as it power cycled like two more times throughout the night for him because <laughs> oh it, gosh he probably wasn't happy about the power getting shut off right like it did um It was a challenge. I know it sounded very easy. I had a lot of aspirations about like what the next day was going to hold, how I would be in good shape. But we didn't – it's very important to ration your food to sugar intake. And basically we didn't eat anything from 6 p.m. – after 6 p.m. until 9 a.m. It was all sugar and and like G Fuel. So like I had a real hard time. I I hit a – 4 a.m. because we hit four, we hit 3 a.m. twice because of daylight savings time. Right. 4 a.m. really hit me hard. I got really nauseous because I hadn't had any food, um, and I legit laid down for 30 minutes and to kind of get myself back to normal. Um, a lot of people left, didn't stay the whole time, but we had some troopers. It was a lot of fun. We played a lot of games. Mm-hmm. It was for a great cause um kevin and i did make the critical mistake of scheduling the boring, more boring games for the later nights uh later time yes. at night, and that's a mistake <laughs> uh because we are like people don't want to watch us play outer Wild, outer worlds or like plague tale during the day when everyone's up watching and up no that's when you want to play that because right you want to play apex when you t- like when you need that energy uh, it was pretty funny when we kind of – Kevin and I kind of hit our wall around the same time between 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. And watching Kevin play Apex at 5 a.m. was like watching a controller's uh, joy- like, sticks that were off about three inches to the <laughs> left. Because <laughs> our like reflexes were so bad. So I'm watching Kevin fire at people who are right in front of him and he's three inches off. Not even on them. He's uh, three inches off. Uh, and I was doing the same. That's not a shade at Kevin. Like, we were both all, all over the place. Right. Um. But it was a great cause. We we got to hang out with all these people that we are familiar with over the internet. And everyone was super nice and friendly. No one disappointed. Um, and I wouldn't say that they did if they did anyways, but <laughs> I am truthfully saying no one disappointed. And uh yeah, it was great and I can't wait to be a part of it again next year. And they already like solicited our feedback on what we would change and how we would do things and I, I you know, I said maybe some food service overnight and maybe ask for some donations for participants mm-hmm. so that you can cover your food costs and I think that is gonna happen. So that'll make yeah. it easier to do.
0: Do you think if, you know, you and Kevin participate next year, is this a situation where you will both independently do your thing or do you think you two will rotate? Because that seems to be the people who are most successful are, oh, X person plays for four hours. Now the next person plays for four hours. Or are you very committed to, I am going to do it for 24 hours because it's the least I can do to raise some money for some kids?
1: Yeah, I think we're, I think speaking for Kevin, I think uh, we're both on the same page. I think we're we're going to do the full thing again gotcha yeah uh um, and i have nothing wrong with people like sean was sharing uh some of his game time but he played for Mm -hmm. the most of it but there were some times where like um garrett jumped on and he played world war z with us uh on sean's xbox or pc sean was using a pc um and an xbox which was interesting um and it, yeah and and good for them because he kind of got to get up and walk away but it did it didn't stop me from getting up and taking a walk or using the bathroom or whatever you can still do that right um so yeah I would I would one hundred percent I will do it again twenty four hours for sure
0: very cool Uh so the other thing that you know intrepid listeners of this show might know that it wasn't all that long ago Sean Capri talked a little crap to Kevin yeah. <laughs> how did that uh, in person situation go? Was there was there worries of a, a conflict? Was there worries of of Kevin just raging? You know, kind of how did how did all that play out? Is everyone okay? Is everyone still friends? Well, it was interesting. We
1: we showed up and we went to check in and we saw Sean Capri across the room, and Kevin stormed literally stormed right over to him and just gave him a big old kiss on the mouth.
0: <laughs> i don't believe him that a, to be true he gave him a big <laughs> hug
1: We yeah we both gave him big hugs no there's there's no animosity it was all in good fun and we recorded a little video before we left and uh, put it on twitter where kevin got his uh, revenge on sean if you will
0: <laughs> gotcha excellent well i'm glad that extra life was so successful and i definitely look forward to next year where either A, I can participate, or B, at least watch your stream. I was at a conference for work, so I wasn't able to do anything (laughs) fun at all. All I knew was what was going on. And then I made a comment about how all of my conferences for work happen to be around really big game things. I've missed E3 for conferences. I've missed now Extra Life for conferences. Work conferences, I tell you. What's the deal? (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) I was sad, though. I was really looking forward to watching you all stream, and it just it was not in the cards. So maybe next year. Maybe next year it'll all work out. Uh, but let's transition a little bit. You know, there were some people for Extra Life who played board games, and I know you all didn't really do that. But mm. have you been playing any board games? Good sir?
1: Well, I did bring board games with me. I was fortunate enough to discover Target uh, accidentally put out KeyForge Worlds Collide one box early, and I stumbled onto it. Uh, not realizing it was out and I will say this, I go to target to get cars, toys for my son and they sometimes put them out before apparently a hard release date mm-hmm. in their compute. When you scan it at the self checkout, it says, sorry, we can't sell this. Yeah. I literally walked right up with KeyForge, scanned it. No problem. Nice. No issues. And then I found out it only released two days ago. I've had it for well over a week and I still yeah. haven't played it. <laughs>
0: My local Walmart does that with video games, especially any video games that don't release on a Tuesday. Really? They just basically put them all out, so Friday releases are typically out. And then you try to get crafty and buy them, and when they ring them up, they say they can't be sold. To yeah, you. whoops. And then, but then they, they don't always take them out. I've yeah, been they there leave just, them. You know, like two days later, and they're still there. And I'm like, what? You can't buy it. Why do you have this in there yeah, still? That's very anyway. frustrating. <laughs> uh,
1: so yeah, so I brought that with me in case we had some time for board games. People were there playing Fireball Island, um, and I brought Century Golem Edition, which we actually did end up playing that morning of Extra Life when we checked into the hotel, uh, which almost didn't happen, and that's a story for another Lord time. With everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I taught Kevin Century Golem Edition, which he hadn't played. Uh, I think he really enjoyed it. I still love playing that game. I love teaching that game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't need to talk more about it, uh, just that I brought the playmat. It's still a big winner when people see it, Uh, so playmat is always a win and a go for these uh, um, Plan B or Emerson games.
0: Uh,
1: And then uh, uh, yesterday, I... Opened up fantastic factories. You hear that?
0: <laughs> I did. Sorry. Uh, yeah, we,
1: we've been going through torture with our son, who uh, is now in the terrible twos, halfway through two, and he's been a nightmare. <laughs> and we want to die. Uh, and so, I'm just laughing at you, so yeah, I'm sure that's really helpful. It's been terrible. Uh, that's also for bored with everything, probably. So we opened up fantastic factories um, yesterday to play. It's to get my kick started. I have been. T- <laughs> This is great. Uh, it's, it's about 40 minutes past his bedtime. Uh, uh, I've been talking with Joseph Chen on, on, Instagram, uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, who is one of the designers of this game. And uh, I believe, I want to say Shplegg kind of put the ball in our court on this one as well and mentioned that um, that we would be a good podcast for him to come on. So we will be having him on at some point. So I want to get the game played. So I've had it for like a month or two. We set it all up. Uh, I read the rules. Uh, We put the kid down last night around 8. And just as I was about, literally, I was about to take my first turn, we lost power in the whole house. Not in the whole house. In four square blocks uh, of of the city. So normally, like we have a lamp. We would play a board game still, but my son has an electric heater in his room, and it being 28 degrees out that night meant we can't kind of had no choice but to get him out of his room and in front of the heater. So then we drove around, because he wasn't sleeping, and this is not part of the board game. Regardless, uh, power didn't come back on until after midnight, even though they said it was going to be 6am, so we just kind of assumed the night was a loss. So I can tell you about Fantastic Factories, but I cannot tell you how The game went. (laughs) So Fantastic Factories is a a worker placement-ish type of game. Um, I have talked about a game uh, a little similar to it before called Pie Town by Renegade Games, where you're using dice as workers. And in most cases, you're rolling dice to figure out where your workers are going. How the game works is you have blueprints and you have... um, I'm forgetting I'm already forgetting the name of it. you have um um people you can hire like construction like people you can contract contractors thank you Josh contractors ah <laughs> uh, we'll see how tired my brain is today and uh you set up a uh a, a pool in the front of in the front of the table kind of similar to like ascension where you you have a deck for each and you lay out four of each type of, uh, of contractors and blueprints. You start your turn with four blueprints as well. You also have this little uh, building on your side that represents three different versions of the game. I'm getting further from the mic because I'm grabbing the box. <laughs> so and my son might just burst through the door like that CNN interview.
0: <laughs> that would be cool. I would be down for that. <laughs>
1: So the point of the game is to build, and it says in the title, build, train, and manufacture. So you have your headquarters, and it has like a research facility, uh, a generator area, and a mine. What your goal is, is to either manufacture 12 or more goods, or build 10 or more buildings to win the game. And depending on how many players, you go back and forth. Playing cards, playing blueprints, and then you have to meet the conditions of the blueprint to build that blueprint. Uh, Typically, to build a blueprint, you have to use a blueprint of the same type, uh, which there's four different styles, um, and I could probably tell you what they're called um, if I knew what the logos were. (laughs) Um, But they're tool symbols, so like there's a hammer, a wrench, um, a spade and perhaps the other one is a socket i'm not 100% sure and you're doing this by building with metal and energy and blueprints when you roll your die you're you're doing their work replacement by putting the the dice into your headquarters or on the mar- your or the um, buildings you're building some buildings have like a um, translucent die in the center of them where you can also utilize that building ability it has a little bit of flip city in this as well. If you've played that, or even Machi Koro to some extent. Um, and when you when you draw your contractors, you put these uh, tokens that represent each of the tools above their heads. Those tools stay place for the whole game while the contractors are constantly changing out. So when you want to recruit like a contractor under the mallet or the hammer. It's always under that hammer. but So you might not always get the contractor you want that is corresponding with the right tool that you need. So each different game will play a little bit differently. Um, I don't want to talk too much about the game until I physically play it so I can be more educated. Uh, what I do like about the rulebook is it does come with a solo rules set up too. So you can play one player. So it plays one to five. Um, the art is very nice Uh, it's crisp if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Um, I really like how it looks and um, even like the contractors they have like this almost like Duplo Lego look to them which is kind of interesting Um, it's just a very nice looking game the components are great Um, I'll talk more about it the next time we talk about board games because I will definitely get this to the table tomorrow night if not next weekend Awesome,
0: um, but it's definitely on that
1: list of games. But now I know how to play it that I want to play.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Anything else you want to say then about Fantastic Factories?
1: Um, I don't know if it's available in retail stores yet. I'm not because the Kickstarter waters are always muddy for me as to when they have retail releases. Right. If they have retail releases, etc. Um, so yeah, I'll say this: if you're interested in Fantastic Factories, just uh, tweet us. Um And tag Joseph so he knows that we have some listeners who who are, in, uh, are excited to hear him come on the podcast.
0: Very cool. All right. So I have been fortunate that I was able to get some gaming in. And this is a game that I tweeted a long time ago that I was going to play and then got interrupted by playing other games and then came back to it and played it. <laughs> uh, and that is none other than Champions of Midgard, which is a designed by Ole Steinus and published by Gray Fox Games. This is a, I would say, a midweight Euro Euro uh, worker placement game with a little bit of dice-rolling combat in it. Uh, I do, I will say, I like the little um, blurb or or foundation they give as to what's going on, so I'm going to read it because it's very short. And it's basically, The old Jarl has died and his once-prosperous port, has fallen into a state of catastrophe. Fearsome creatures are coming in droves, driving chaos and destruction before them. Trolls attack the town... Draugr terrorizes the nearby villages, monsters strike at travelers and merchants alike, The people are suffering, and you could be their champion. Nice. Doesn't that <laughs> sound
1: so cool? I'm so jealous that you got to play this, because I've had this for so long, and I just haven't been able to get it to the table yet. <laughs>
0: yeah, so Champions of Midgard, like I said, uh, in it, you are playing some a, a traveler who basically is coming in to attempt to become the new Jarl of this port town. Uh, and you do that by basically the game is kind of played in three phases. The first phase is a very standard worker placement phase where there are places you can put your workers to gain resources um, or to indicate your uh, desire to attack a certain troll or Yager or a or drogger or a mystical beast that you want to go attack. So that's kind of phase one. Phase two, then, is you're going to go ahead and actually assign your Vikings to combat. Uh, and then you go through the combat process, which is rolling dice, which I'll talk about a little bit more. Um, and then the final phase is just kind of clean up, resetting the board, and going again. Uh, it's played over eight rounds. It's a pretty quick game. Uh, you know, six to, Once you know what you're doing, even with four people, I think this is probably an easily a 90-minute game, even with four people over eight rounds. But, yeah, it, it's it was one of those games that I played it. And said, this game is way more straightforward than I thought it was going to be. Okay. But then when I went and looked at Board Game Geek and looked at the complexity or the the weight of it, it's a 2.6. Wow. And it doesn't feel like a 2.6 to me, but that could be because I was only playing with two players. Okay. Uh, I I think with four players, the game gets much more interesting um, or potentially could be much more interesting. And there's a few reasons why. Number one. Trolls are the biggest thing you kind of are worrying about in the game. And every turn or every round, I should say, there's a troll that is threatening the town. If no one decides to fight the troll, you all, everyone gets a negative impact as a result of that. Wow. You, ha- Yeah, so every there's a negative impact. However, if you are the person who fights the troll, and only one of you can, um, you get a positive. There's a positive outcome for you. And if you uh, have any outstanding negative situations from when you didn't fight the troll previously, um, you are able to kind of give that negative consequence to someone else. Uh, There's a specific thing they call it. It's a token. I'm blanking out the name of it is. But if you don't fight the troll, like you get one of these tokens. Um, And at the end of the game, it's worth negative glory. But if you choose to fight the to- troll and you have any of those tokens, you can get give them to other people. Oh, So with a two-player game, though, it's there's no choice, right? I have to give it to the, o- to the other player. Yeah. Where in a three-player or four-player game, you get to choose kind of who gets it and, and where that's going to go. So I think, number one, I think with four people, that would probably make that part of the game a little more interesting. Uh I also really like how combat works though in this game because basically there are three types of vikings you can recruit and these vikings have different are represented by different color die and then the die have different symbols on them for the number of damage that they do or the amount of defense that they do and when you go once you decide you're going to attack someone part of the first part of combat is assigning dice to that specific monster and then you go ahead and you roll your dice and it's kind of cool because once you roll your dice you look and say, okay, I have, you know, three damage and one defense, and this care and this draugr I'm fighting takes two damage to kill her, it has two defense but does three damage. Well, you obviously kill it because you've done more damage, but you only were able to block one of its attacks, so now you lose two Vikings like instantly, so you lose two dice. Wow, so it is this very nice, like, push and pull of since the combat happens simultaneously. You're, there's almost always going to be a negative income outcome for you. You're going to almost always lose some Vikings. It's just a matter of how many Vikings are you willing to lose on that specific battle. And the nice thing about this game is that though it is a worker placement game and there's a lot of Euro in it, combat is very important. You get the most glory by f- defeating creatures. That's really what you need to do. So recruiting you know, Vikings to be in your group And then going out and fighting these creatures and rolling dice and taking some risk uh, that is kind of you can mitigate a little bit. There are powers you can get. You can there's some abilities to look into the future. There are ways to re-roll dice by um, having favors of the gods that you can turn into re-roll dice. So there's ways you can mitigate it. But all of them, like favors of the god, are worth glory at the end of the game. So if you're using those to reroll roll dice, it's like, oh, how, you know, how am I going to balance all of what I'm trying to do yeah. to be successful? So it's a really straightforward game to learn. There are some in- interesting and important decisions to make during it. But I think once you get kind of on that path towards, okay, I have to fight these creatures. I have to fight these creatures. Um, you really recognize that's kind of, you know, the 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 route you need to travel down. Now, there are some other things that happen in the game. You do get basically hidden objectives that if you accomplish them, you score additional points. So if you defeat the most trolls or if you defeat the most creatures of a certain color or whatever else it might be, you have the most wood resource, whatever, you get extra points at the end of the game. So everyone is still kind of jockeying and, and has those secret objectives that they're trying to do. Um, so there's a lot that's kind of going on. I will say in a two-player game, by the end of the turns there's not a lot of extra places to put your workers so you kind of get into this i what is the most important thing for me to do because by the end you're really running very low on the number of spaces you can place people so then it becomes okay what do i do and This is also how I learned the importance of those uh, kind of hidden ability cards because I just, for lack of other places to put my workers, I was placing them there and got three in a row, basically, that I had already completed just based off of how I had played the game, (laughs) surprisingly, right? Which led to, you know, my victories and then a race for those cards, you know, in future games. But overall, I really enjoy Champions of Big Guard. I think there are two expansions for it. I don't have either one, but I want to get them. Um. So, if you are looking for a game that has a fun theme, I think there's some cool creatures. The art's pretty solid. The production quality is very good. All of the pieces are very chunky and solid feeling. Um, the dice are great. So everything there feels very good. Uh, the, like I said, production awesome. Oh, uh, one other thing. Uh, there are five different Vikings you can be in the game, or five different leaders you can be, and they all have different like player powers too. So there's oh, nice. some variable player power that pulls <laughs> plays into the game as well um so yeah overall i i really enjoy the game i think it's something that we'll be getting back to the table very often uh so if you're looking for a middleweight euro especially if you're really into that viking theme and you like rolling some dice as well uh, i think this is an easy game to recommend because it really doesn't rely on any one of those things too much but all of them have some importance so if you're not super into euros and you're really into combat like you can still do that and have fun and there's just a little bit of the euroe stuff you need to do if you're not super into combat like my partner isn't there's still a lot of euro stuff you can do and then you just kind of have to deal with that combat stuff a little bit on the side as well so it has a little bit for just about everyone. There's some set collection with scoring. I mean, there's a little bit of just about everything in this game. Uh, but it's put together in a really streamlined, elegantly designed package, I would say. Um, so, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. Champions of Midgard is really good. Um, it'll be a game that's getting back to the table very regularly. I'm looking for the next time I can play it with more people. And I was very surprised to learn that this game is ranked number 95 on board game geek oh wow yeah i knew it was going to be pretty high but i didn't realize it was going to be top 100 uh and i honestly can't argue too much with that placement uh because like i said easy to teach easy to learn uh, but some good decision making you have to make while you're playing it so yeah champions of midgard easy recommend for me
1: nice would you say it's similar to shadow uh, lords of Waterdeep, or maybe shadows over camelot
0: uh, I actually have never played Shadows Over Camelot yet because it's okay. a three-player.
1: Uh, but Lords of
0: Waterdeep, it's definitely is definitely heavier than Lords of Waterdeep is, okay. I think, at least. There, it's like there the next step up, maybe. Kind of would be a good next step up, and I think incorporates just a touch more. I haven't played Lords of Waterdeep in a long time now that I think about it. Uh, but it incorporates a few more things for you to do, for sure. Uh, a little bit more depth of strategy, I think. But, yeah, if you enjoy uh, Lords of Waterdeep, I think this would be an excellent next step, for sure. Nice. Cool. cool. All right, sir, and with that, uh, you know, that Extra Life thing, that was a, that was a whole lot of video games you were playing, I'm assuming. Why don't we talk about some of the games you've been playing on your television, sir?
1: Let's do it. All right, I'll I'll cover my Extra Life gaming what I can remember now, <laughs> and then I'll cover the other stuff. Uh so we started with Apex Legends. We played a lot of Apex Legends. It was kind of the per- the perfect Extra Life game. Um Kevin and I teamed up uh, the, the problem that we ran into there was four of us in, in our row and four people wanting to play Apex so we just ended up, Kevin and I just oh, sorry this is a huge shout out to Coach Mo Coach Mo joined us for a while while we played Apex oh, okay. um, which was real fun and and uh, we, had a, we had a blast in here we didn't pull out any victories which is funny because I've had more victories with randos than with people that I know uh, which is bizarre with Apex um
0: dude it's funny sorry to interject but real quick one of the yeah. people I play Overwatch with regularly has basically stopped playing Overwatch and only plays Apex anytime I play Apex with him never goes well but I will as soon as we're done playing I will play a game without him and it goes total I do it goes great yeah there's I don't know what it is
1: <laughs> there's something weird about that communication and, like, it's probably because we're trying to talk. We both have headsets on. I mean, that's different from your situation, but we're, like, right next to each other with headsets, and I'm getting double echo, and.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and whatever. But, anyways, I had a blast. I could have played it the whole time and still enjoyed it. Um, I, it, it was a great opportunity to level my guy up a, a bunch, which was nice. Uh, we played World War Z for a bit, which was also fun. Um,. We played with Sean. We played with Garrett, um, Bobby, Kevin. We get we got some quality four player World War Z, and that was uh, real fun. Very cool. Uh, very underrated game. Um, played. I played mutant league, mutant F- football league, which some of my streamers were like, "What in the heck is this game?" Um, that was fun. I played a, a full game. I ended up winning, which was nice. Played a bunch of Plague Tale, because I was mm. so far behind in that game. Uh, in fact, there was a bunch of people watching me play a Plague Tale, because people don't know what this game is, oh. and it is eye-catching, to say the least. Everyone who saw it walking by, I was on the end of one of the rows, mm-hmm. so anytime someone walked by, they stopped and watched for minutes. <laughs> I really like, enjoyed that game. Ugh. Yeah. And it's, it's very challenging, which I enjoy. Um, I really enjoy it a lot um so i played that a bunch i played creature in the well uh thanks to game pass which is a Mm -hmm. game i always wanted to play which is essentially a weird pinball style hack and slash puzzle game (laughs) which was that that
0: genre yeah
1: you know (laughs) you know uh i played the outer worlds um, but i was playing it late at night so i played it um I made a big decision that I probably should have made it with a clear head. Uh-oh. So after my decision was made, I saved the game and stopped. <laughs> so that was enough. I played some Destiny 2. Mm. I did not play Fortnite. I was almost to the point of hazed into downloading Fortnite and playing it. Because Kevin and the whole crew, not only were they playing Fortnite, they ended up in the hype zone on Mixer and had like eight victory royales in a row which was insane uh skinny matt kevin and Badbit i think were the team mm-hmm. um and then and then a, one uh, a random person that was there asked to join them uh, so they had this this kid join them as well uh I'm, i played mortal kombat 11 for a bit i got a bunch more character endings I, I had a really weird moment where a mother called her like six-year-old daughter over to watch me play which I was very uncomfortable with. Um, But, you know, that's parenting choice.
0: Yeah. Uh, You know, they were, she's like,
1: come watch this, guys. head just exploded. I'm like, okay, (laughs) I I don't like this. So I stopped that relatively quickly. (laughs) Uh, And I waited until like late at night to play that. Um, There's definitely other games I played that I'm forgetting, uh, which is fine. Uh, I played and finished the Call of Duty Uh, campaign on the playstation when i came back yeah i didn't think i was gonna want a game for a week solid but i i did want to play games right away uh the the campaign i loved i saw sean capri on twitter he thought it was mediocre i thought it was a compelling real life real time story like Mm -hmm. this stuff is happening now to an extent Uh, There was a lot of tough decisions there was a lot of challenging combat um, there was something I wanted to ask you about if you did after we record because I did something I don't think that everyone does in their story. So I wanted to ask you about that. We can do that. Um, and then I did, um, because I want to play multiplayer with you, I, what I did do was played each multiplayer mode once. Okay. So I went through all the versions. My favorite uh, was Kel Confirmed mm-hmm. and um, NVG, which is Night Vision goggles. Yep those are my two favorite i had the most fun playing those Mm -hmm. i enjoyed ground war but it's a bit much i spent most of my map the map level climbing a flight of stairs because i saw a dude on the roof and then when i got to where his post was there was just a sniper rifle leaning against a window so when i picked it up i got killed by two people immediately Yep. and then it was over like they're like oh victorious so i'll create my team one but i didn't start this game with everybody else uh, but I had fun playing those multiplayer modes. I look forward to playing with more people. I did, for me, I believe, surprisingly well in most of the games,
0: mm-hmm.
1: especially for just starting. Like yeah. The Call of Duty, which is the Call of Duty, cheese, Call of Duty, <laughs> which takes some time to for me to acclimate to. Uh, yeah, I saw that you could download. So if you have an Android phone and you're listening, you can download the Xbox game streaming app. And you can participate in the game streaming aspect from the console if you have an Android phone. So you can do that. So I did that. So I, mm-hmm. I ordered the little the stands that hold the controller and the phone after mm-hmm. I found that I could do that. So that mode lets you, as long as your Xbox is on and you're on the same Wi-Fi network, it allows you to use your phone to stream any game that you own in your library on your phone. So I tested that out. I played. I pulled up Apex. I turned my back to the TV and looked at my phone, but I had my TV audio on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what I'll say was, Apex is tough to play on a small phone. I don't have an I'm XL. Sure. I just have the Pixel Three A. Um, it would probably be fine on a tablet, but the game ran very smoothly. The audio—it didn't seem like there was any delay at all. Like mm-hmm. when I fired, I heard it in what seemingly was real time. Um, it ran very smooth. I really enjoyed that. Then the next day, I got an email that I got accepted into Project X Cloud. So luckily that day, my controller holders came in. Nice. And with Project X Cloud, you can only play uh, Killer Instinct, Gears of War Five, Sea of Thieves, um, and I'm forgetting the other game. There's one more game.
0: There is. Uh, um, is it Forza?
1: Yeah. Uh, Halo Five Guardians. That okay. I believe. Uh, But you don't need to own them. You can play them as long as you're part of the beta. I think I own them all anyways, or at least have them from Game Pass. So I set up my phone for that. And that essentially is, you don't even have to be where your Xbox is. You just, it signs you in. So you can't be like away. And then someone tries to log in at your house to your Xbox because you're signed out. You're in xCloud. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you basically use their cloud service. You do have to have – I think you have to have Wi-Fi. I don't know that you can use cellular data yet. Um, And if you did, it probably would have to be like 5G. Um,
0: Yeah, I'd imagine so.
1: So I did stream that. Um, It it said – it's still beta. So it did say that my network connection was slow even though I'm at 100 up. It was saying there was only like 9 up. So something was not connecting, but it did eventually – Uh, clear itself up i played killer instinct a bit to just Mm kind of go put it through its paces i feel like that's going to be the more sensitive as far as like the streaming aspect goes because more is going on i think um well then like without doing multiplayer online and i have to say i'm pretty impressed with it it looks great uh it, it is still on a small screen right which is challenging so I'll be curious how sta- when I get Stadia with them just uh o- just over a week and a half mm-hmm. uh, to see how the two of them compare. But I will say things are promising for X
0: So you're keeping your Stadia pre order. You had mentioned that maybe this would convince you not to.
1: Yeah. So I, I I made the decision. We're we're changing the house into a Google household anyways, and the the founders' price for Google Stadia was one twenty nine. Mm-hmm. It includes a Chromecast Ultra HD and the Stadia controller and 3 months of con- of subscription and Destiny 2 in all of its expansions. Right. So I figured the price of entry to be an early adopter is well covered in the value mm-hmm. of the product I'm getting. Um so just having that Chromecast Ultra uh is going to be a godsend. Right. Um, and then the controller is USB-C, so I can still use it on my PC if I don't keep Stadia. So my costs are covered. I'm not worried about that. So I am going to keep it. And then we'll just see if I re-up my monthly subscription after that is up. Mm-hmm. But I like, right. being on the, I like being on the ground floor to see what that's like. So we'll see. Um, and last but not least, get Stranding. Yeah. I started it.
0: You did. <laughs> you posted <laughs> some pictures.
1: I've been posting pictures. Um, I I feel real bad at getting review bombed. I just read an article. Yeah. That people but what game doesn't these days?
0: What, zeros, what game does it these though? days? No, I know.
1: <laughs> I know. They need to change that. It's going to affect our Metacritic score contest.
0: <laughs> no, it won't. Because that's no? review bombed. That's the user rating, not the actual oh, yeah, reviews right. reviews. Because like Call of Duty th- this year did too. Yeah. So like okay. every big game basically gets review bombed at this point.
1: That's fair. Okay. So <laughs> that's stranding. Uh, where to begin <laughs> it is a game i think <laughs> No, uh it's it's a kojima game first and uh, foremost
0: how far in are you how many hours
1: i want to say five to six hours in
0: okay so you're you're definitely farther than i am i'm only a couple in
1: i w- so i've definitely spent i would say an equal amount of time with cutscenes and gameplay
0: i think that's probably about right
1: but I think what's important to say about it is, for me, the story is very interesting. So I, mm-hmm. I'm not – the cutscenes aren't bothering me. I'm actually very much interested in what's happening. Right. And the story com- is the story's compelling and the characters are interesting. Um, And it is still like – what I do uh, – what I like about it is the story gives you just enough information – to tell their story but not enough for you to answer questions about it right and that is unlocked as you play the game so like if you like quote unquote level up you unlock backstory onto certain like you'll hear buzzwords in the game mm-hmm. or keywords that you have an idea of what it means but you don't know and as you're leveling up it unlocks kind of like um like a codec because codecs mm-hmm. are in this on it's like the grimoire in destiny if you really want to find the story there's more to it for you so i had to look up some words that um i that they were referencing and then i unlocked them and i was able to read like my my wife looked at me at one point she goes are you still playing did you stop playing or are you reading that and i was like oh no i'm reading this because it was like <laughs> i like read it twice to try to grasp what i was right. reading right um it's so quirky. It's charmingly bizarre. The story, the details, the way things work. Uh, the voice acting is top notch. Yeah. Um. It looks. So I said this in Discord. I feel like we're at a point where I keep saying the game I'm playing is the most beautiful game I've played, and th- and this game is no exception. I have not yeah. played a game that this rivals the CG in Call of Duty, but in its regular gameplay. Yep. The world itself is photorealistic. In fact, like I guarantee you if I had like my parents come up while like one of those opening cutscenes uh is playing, even though it's not really a cutscene, they would think it was like a Netflix nature documentary because the water, the rocks, the grass, it all looks true real life. Yeah. So it's it's a stunning um uh accomplishment for them. I don't want to talk too much about the story because I don't want to spoil anything.
0: That's I I appreciate that. <laughs> Something
1: that does happen in the game is once you, you are traveling the country to connect people. And I'll yes. say that. The game is very much about connecting people. In fact, you are also rated on likes, which is so weird to me. So once you unlock an area, it then opens up um, everything that the people in the real world have put in the area in the game you're in. So people can put like um, um, signs or they can drop equipment like ladders. Um, they can put pods that help you. Uh, you're essentially a delivery man. So you can deliver lost packages to these pods. And sometimes you don't just deliver them. You put them in the pod for someone else to pick up and finish the delivery and then the next time you log in, someone may have delivered your package and you get, like, points for that. It's mm-hmm. very interesting. Um, the micromanagement of the menus can be a bit much.
0: Yeah, those menus are intense.
1: Yeah, and the text is so small. So small. small. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is tough. And If if I had a complaint, that is my only complaint. Yeah, no, uh, that's,
0: that's legit. That is totally legit.
1: When you interact with the BTs in the game, it is for me genuinely stressful and terrifying mm-hmm. and in fun. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy how it, it it starts because when you start the game, you have no way to uh, defend yourself against BTs or attack them. So you you're really playing a game of you hold you like you have to physically hold your breath with the R1 button. So you don't get detected by these things. It's very exciting. Um, I anticipate having so many more fun, exciting things to say about this game. Um, but for right now, I'm a huge fan. And I'm on the side of 10, 10 out of 10 people. I'm not on the 1 out of 10 people
0: side. Gotcha. Uh, I obviously haven't played as much as you have. But what I agree with most things you have said at this point. The world is absolutely beautiful. It is a gorgeous looking game. the The soundtrack, yeah, the audio is bouncing. Man, it is so good. It reminded me of so the Ashtray good. Maze. Yeah, I was like,
1: this is the same feeling I was getting.
0: Yes, it it really you know whether or not you are a Kojima fan, uh, especially in this game, his use of music is is quite good. Um, it, it really sets a mood and a tone uh, for how things are going. And more than anything, I, the thing I appreciate about this game, and it's something we talked about over the this summer, about when we were looking at the number of games that had violence as the main way of interacting with them at E3, and we talk about that. Obviously, yes, there is combat in this game, but it is not the main thing at all that you are doing. And I think it's easy to poke fun at the, well, you're a delivery person. Yeah, I I think that's an easy thing to kind of poke fun at. But this is a game that is genuinely trying a triple A game with a big budget that is trying to do something a little bit different. Now, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. I've heard maybe the things change three quarters of the way through the game. But, yeah. you know, at this point, I am. The game has done a good job of making me go, huh, I wonder what's going to happen next. Like, I, I'm invested at that point. Um, and I, I'm really looking forward to what Death Stranding has to uh to offer i don't know I, I haven't played anywhere near enough to give a review of it in any way but yeah. it definitely has engaged me in a way that i did not think it would uh it's almost it, it's oddly almost like a racing game and i don't really like racing <laughs> games usually well they do but track kind of,
1: your distance right they track your distance
0: <laughs> and you have to gain traction and turn yeah it's kind of interesting um but yeah the, i would agree though the the menus and the text that seems to be a thing that's come up a lot lately, text size. Because even like in outer worlds, the text sizes, uh, which was just fixed, I think, in a recent patch, but that was really tough to read too. Yeah. Uh but yeah, so Death Stranding, you'll I'm sure you'll be hearing more about that in the future as we get down to the last games of the year that are bigger. Um we'll be playing more of that. Uh speaking of outer worlds continuing my trek there. I have not played as much of it as I wanted to. Mostly because A I was at a conference for a week almost. B Death Stranding came out, and C most of my gaming time has been spent playing Call of Duty multiplayer. Josh, I'm in so deep. <laughs> it's, it, I I really did not think a Call of Duty game would, call, would pull me back in like this one has. Here's the thing. I'm really bad, Josh. I suck. <laughs> I am not good at this game. The multiplayer is not... Uh, uh, I am far worse at this game than I used to be. Uh, my, back in the day when I was playing Call of Duty a lot, I was very... I don't want to say I was very good, but I feel like I was pretty solid at it. I had a very high winning percentage of games. Uh, and I think as someone who likes to play a lot of objective-based games, it gets very frustrating for me when other people play objective-based games and don't go for the objective. <laughs> <laughs> Which means that I'm the person on the team who's going for the objectives and getting hung out to dry all of the time. Yeah, uh, this I played a game and we were playing... Um, this was hard point, which had just just got added to the game, and someone else on my team ended up going something like thirty nine and forty and two or something like that. They were like way up there, thirty nine forty kills, and had zero seconds of hard point time. And I get that not a not, it doesn't make sense to have everyone on the hard point. B like I totally get that. It, with that game node and how it works is is good to have someone kind of at a flank angle to or at an angle where the enemy might be trying to get into the hard point to take those people out before they get there. I one hundred percent get that. But then when you come on Mike and blame me, who has almost three minutes of hard point time for losing the game, we're gonna have words. I'm sorry, we are going to have words. <laughs> so cause my yeah, my kill to death ratio wasn't great. I agree, one hundred percent. but guess what? I had I was second place on the team. Purely because of how much time I capped the point, so yeah, I oh I got real frustrated, I got real hot.
1: <laughs> That's why I mute my mic, my friend. <laughs> I know I
0: should. Well, my mic I is. Mute, I muted. mute everyone else. I forgot say. to mute all. <laughs> yeah, in that game, I forgot to mute all. So yeah, I got a little frustrated. But I've been playing a ton of Call of Duty multiplayer, uh, and I I overall I am enjoying it. Otherwise, I wouldn't keep playing it. So we should definitely play more. Um, I did play gunfight with a friend, and. That was, you know, the 2v2 uh, game type that was in the alpha. It's so good. Gunfight is so fun, and it really probably is the best part of the game, Um, especially from a multiplayer standpoint. The maps are great. It it gets rid of all of the stuff that can make the game feel unbalanced in multiplayer, because everyone starts with the same loadout. It really helps that if you have some flexibility and knowledge of all the different types of guns and how they all work, uh, it, it does give some advantage there to people rather than just being here's the perfect thing or the perfect uh loadout that I always use with this one gun with his five attachments and blah blah blah. It gets rid of all of that stuff. Um and it's just hey let's go we'll see who's gonna be better in this pistol and fist matchup. Let's see how yeah. these things are gonna go. <laughs> uh so 2v2 the gunfight mode is great. Uh I'm really thankful that they nerfed the 725 shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> because that was bonkers. It still is kind of bonkers. Um, but yeah, overall really enjoying that. But one thing I do want to share very briefly as I wrap up the things I've been playing is I do want to say not something I've been playing, but something my partner has been playing. You might remember back at the beginning of the year, I talked about how Erica started Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah. She finished the game two weeks after it came out, three weeks after it came out, something like that. She started working on the platinum and got kind of burnt out on it and said, Hey, I'm done. I'm not going to do this anymore. I said, okay, that's fine. Then a couple month about a month or so ago I reminded her that, hey, remember there is DLC for this game coming. And she goes, Oh yeah, that's right. And it's still supposed to be sometime this winter. She's like, Well, maybe I'll get back into it. Well, she finished the platinum trophy nice. in Kingdom Hearts three at about <laughs> at eighty-nine and a half hours. Wow. So she's far more hardcore than I am because of all the platinums <laughs> I have, none of them are maybe more I think the Horizon one I got at fifty hours about. Yeah. Um but yeah, I don't have anything that's as hardcore as the Kingdom Hearts Three Platinum. So props to her. Uh, I she played it on my account, so it looks like I have the Kingdom Hearts Three Platinum, <laughs> which is not from me. Very much to her, from her. So big props to her for that. Was her first platinum trophy, and I feel like it's a wow. pretty hardcore first platinum trophy. No kidding, huh? So awesome. But that's all I have been playing on my television. Josh, let's kind of transition here into topic of the show. And as we head into November, the days get shorter, the weather gets colder, and folks tend to skip ahead a holiday. However, on board with video games, we want to ensure Thanksgiving gets its proper recognition. So expect Thanksgiving-related topics for the rest of the month. The topic this week, games we are thankful for. We could be thankful for any number of reasons, but these are the games we want to pause and give thanks to. So Josh, I have created a list of games I am thankful for both board games and video games. Some of them genuine, some of them maybe kind of jokey. (laughs) Um, But to start off with, sir, what what game would you like to give thanks for?
1: I mean, it'll probably be obvious my first thing to give thanks for, um, but maybe it's not, um, the Century series of games. Ooh, okay. Um, Specifically (laughs) Gollum Edition. Um, But I only say that because I haven't played New World yet. Mm-hmm. um yeah i'm if we're gonna be truly getting into the thankful version of i'm thankful for one page rules i'm thankful oh. for how easy it is to teach i'm thankful for the art and how incredibly beautiful the game is and how incredibly well it plays and how i haven't found a single person who hasn't liked it or got it when i taught it to them so that's one of those games where I've been looking at my games, and I just kind of got rid of all my DVDs, and I'm mm-hmm. looking at trying, I'm looking at consolidating my life, and I'm. I don't want to get rid of any board games. I never do. Right. However, I have so many. Yeah. And, and I want to keep getting more, um, and I don't have space for that. So. I am thankful that Century the series, will stay in my collection no matter what happens with it. Um, that will be a game that I will teach people I just meet. I will teach people that have never played board games. I will continue playing it with people whenever they want. I'm just very thankful for that. And I'm thankful for Emerson coming on our podcast and talking to us. And thankful for meeting him at Total Gun last year.
0: I am thankful for all those things. As well, but what, here's the question You said it's not going to leave your collection Yeah What if they come out with Century 2 But all it does is add a solo version of the game But it's called jo- Century 2? <laughs> yeah, do you get my joke? No I was trying to make a nice smooth transition to Overwatch But that's okay Oh uh,
1: <laughs> Yes, well that is a good joke now that you've explained
0: it <laughs> That's the best comedy The comedy you have to explain <laughs> I think hey, that's what you just on. have to stick
1: to my motto. I make jokes that I think are funny, and if <laughs> other people like them, it's a bonus.
0: <laughs> that, that, there you go. That sounds great. Uh, so the first game I am going to be thankful for is Overwatch. Uh, and I'm thankful for Overwatch for many things. I'm thankful for the Overwatch League, because I love to watch the Overwatch League and really enjoy watching people who are very, very good at something uh, demonstrate and show how good they are at something that I can understand. Like, I can't do what they're doing, but in watching it, I get it. I understand why they're doing what they're doing. It makes sense. And a lot of times it is, oh, that's so cool. Or, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Why did I never think of that? Because I'm not an Overwatch pro. But I really enjoy being able to watch something like that. I'm also really thankful just because Jeff Kaplan, big daddy Jeff from the Overwatch team, Uh, In general, as far as a community, he does a pretty good job of listening and giving feedback. Now, I don't agree with everything he says and does, and I don't think he, not everyone in the community does. And he doesn't always agree with what the community thinks, but he always says that. And I think that's really something that's nice to hear that he'll say, well, I know the community thinks this, but here's why I disagree and why we're not going to do that thing. And I don't know that you actually get that very often in game development especially. So I'm very thankful for the most part of the transparency. They've been a little less quiet or they've been a little more quiet as of late, but that's obviously because they were working on overwatch 2, So there wasn't as much to talk about overwatch as yeah. is. Uh, I'm also thankful for the model that it sounds like they're going to do for overwatch 2 as far as how you have to pay for it, because it really sounds like the best of both worlds. If you, you just want to play the multiplayer, there's nothing you need to do. You're already set. Everything yeah. in Overwatch 2 will be available for you in Overwatch 1 from a multiplayer standpoint. From a I should say from a PvP standpoint. If you want to get the jump in the PvE and learn more about lore and story and all of that good stuff, pay a little bit of money. You get all this cool all this nice stuff uh that you that you know is part of the package. So really they're doing everything they can to appease the crowd that is very focused on the competitive multiplayer scene, as well as give people who want that PvE experience an option to get that experience. Uh, and I think that's pretty great that they're doing it. And the final thing I'm thankful for when it comes to Overwatch is that they've helped me realize that loving a game and being good at a game definitely <laughs> don't have to go hand in hand.
1: But you're good at the game.
0: I'm not. Well, if From you look at my ranks...
1: too plebs like me
0: (laughs) if you look at my ranking i'm not that good at the game uh so what's another game you're thankful for or thing in the industry you're thankful for
1: oh i have some of those too um i am thankful for apex legends uh i'm thankful for respawn entertainment i guess more specifically no less specifically broader thanks to respawn um it's just this thing that keeps on giving I, i i found myself Quickly out of the Fortnite thing because they kind of just kind of went all over the place. It became a joke of itself, and I think I think from what I'm hearing, Fortnite season two or Fortnite two, whatever they're calling it, is back to its like roots. But I I was just kind of out, and I'm thankful that that Apex came along and that it stuck to its format and its formula. And that it's still very much, kind of like what you're saying about Overwatch, it's still very much the same game. Obviously, it doesn't have the pedigree of Overwatch, um, just from years of service. Right. But I'm, th- I'm thankful that everything they're doing, they're doing new and innovative things, like the Halloween event, mm-hmm. which wasn't for everyone. But now we have duos for a limited time. They're constantly doing something new, but that isn't alienating their player base. Because it's still keeping the core values of the game there and the, and i'm and I'm thankful that I enjoy that aspect and i and I'm glad that they're doing the the season pass mode because now I can continue to support this game in a way that I don't feel like um, one of my biggest problems with destiny was like feeling like I had to pay for hundreds of dollars to keep playing destiny mm-hmm. and I, I'm thankful that I've never felt that I've had to give Apex money, but I can. Um, so I'm very thankful to have a game like Apex in this time where like, I'm already worrying about Star Wars comes out this Friday, and now I'm like, am I going to not stop playing Death Stranding? Am I going to not play Star Wars? Am I going to try to balance them both? I always know I can go to Apex whenever I want and not feel left behind. Right. And I'm very thankful for that.
0: And no and no demo for Star Wars or 10-hour trial for Star Wars.
1: Which I canceled my sense. EA Access subscription. Um, not because of that, but right. that was something that was like in bold ad type in the front of EA Access's page. Like every game will have this trial before it comes out. So I, I'm not right. a big fan of. I understand that they didn't want to let you play the multiplayer. But guess what? When Battlefield 1 came out, you could play the story
0: right well but there is no multiplayer
1: right i i do get that it was only like they're blocking out the story and i guess they want to avoid spoilers i get that but change change your what you're selling your right
0: that may yeah i can understand the frustration
1: yeah don't say you're doing something and then change it because of this like you just literally have to put Except for story based games. Right. Um, asterisk. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Cause I do get the this is a the only mode in the game is the game we're gonna is the yeah. mode we're gonna let you play for ten hours. Yeah. Like I, I get their hesitation to do that. And even if it's not about spoilers, which they can say it is to make them feel better if they want to, um just the Hey, you're going to get 10 hours of this, you know, who knows how long campaign for free. Yeah. We'd rather not do that. <laughs> and I get
1: a message I get a message from Xbox that says, "Don't forget to download your free trial of Star Wars Fallen Order." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." So I open up the app, not to be seen. 4 days later, I get another message from Microsoft. "Sorry, they have decided not to include it in their trial." I'm like, well, "You guys weren't on the same page, you are Microsoft." <laughs> Come yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: all right. Well, hey, but something I'm thankful for is and this is from the board game size hmm. side. Games that come in a typical sized box <laughs> with a good insert. Yeah. I am very thankful for games that do that. Now, I understand sometimes the trepidation as to why games don't do this, right? If things might not fit super well, there might be a lot of empty space. Maybe making the insert is expensive. Maybe you're planning to do a lot of expansions and you want everyone to fit in the base box or everything to fit in the base box. You don't want this really customized expansion or customized insert. I get it. But there's something about taking a game out, opening it, and just seeing all the pieces nicely put in there. You know exactly where everything goes. Everything has a home. And I'm so thankful for that because it makes setup way easier. It makes take cleanup way easier because you just know where everything is where we, and where everything goes when you're done. Plus, it fits on my shelf really, really well, which is nice yeah. because then I can fit more games on my shelf because things fit nicely and evenly and we're not taking up extra space because of an odd size box, which allows me to buy more games. That's the only reason I can buy more games is until I have room on my shelves and then I was told I can't buy any more games. <laughs> so. Game makers, if you want me to buy more games Make sure that your games continue to be In typically sized boxes That is something I am very, very thankful for Josh, like what the, else Like are the you?
1: Hunger Games box, right?
0: Oh yeah, like the Hunger Games <laughs> box Very traditionally sized box I gotta get that game to the table, by the way That's a good yeah, point me too so, we what we, should,
1: we should coordinate when we get that game to the table. So That can, is a good idea. We, can uh, talk
0: about it. we should talk about it for sure. Yeah,
1: we'll figure it out. I'll get I'll get River Horse on the line and we'll get an interview after after we play it too. We'll figure something out. That's going to be in the about, new year.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll ask them about my very broken...
1: <laughs> yeah, can you fix my <laughs> shipping problem? <laughs> yeah,
0: please. Which wasn't their fault, but... <laughs> no, it was not.
1: Did you email them?
0: I didn't. I was going oh, to... Oh, God, that I you like, should have done it.
1: You can still it do. Wasn't it wasn't
0: their fault. It was U.S. They might still help you out. You should still I know, email them. I know, but I, I, I'm one of those people who says it really, legitimately is not their fault. U.S. Customs is the one who jacked it up. Yeah. I don't feel that it should be their responsibility to fix.
1: But they might have empty boxes lying around the warehouse.
0: Well, right, but how much do you think it's going to cost to ship an empty box cover from Europe?
1: That's a good point. I don't know. <laughs> who knows. Well, I mean, Golden Bell will just have someone close by you ship it to you. (laughs) That's true. Uh, I am thankful for for Hasbro selling out licenses to any Monopoly that ever wanted to exist. (laughs) Because (laughs) I get to buy my father Hallmark Channel Monopoly for Christmas, and I think that is the most hilarious thing I have ever seen in my life because, well, twofold. One, my dad is at a point in his life where he watches the Hallmark Channel every day. All really? day. In in fact he watches the same movies as long as they're on multiple times. Because apparently once he retired, he just became this rom com dad who who occasionally asked to borrow John Wick. <laughs> like
0: nothing maybe wrong to balance that.
1: it out or something.
0: Heck yeah.
1: <laughs> so I really think it's funny. I, I saw one of my board game groups. There's a, it was a Toys R Us, so it had to be in Canada. And the floors were super clean, so it must have been in Canada. Where <laughs> they had a full, I want to say, 35 to 42 foot wall of all different branded Monopoly games. Goodness. From like Dragon Ball Z to Simpsons to Game of Thrones. Just, so that's my joke, thankful answer. I am thankful that. Hasbro just hands out Monopoly licenses to anyone who wants to make a Monopoly game, as long as they get some money out of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I say I have a lot of joke ones, so it's okay. Uh, <laughs> speaking of joke ones, and this is kind of only a joke, or should I say only kind of a joke, because part of it is genuine here. Uh, I'm thankful for, for Horizon Zero Dawn, and
1: Still? I'm thankful,
0: and I'm I'm thankful nice. for Horizon Zero Dawn. For fulfilling my childhood dream of what it would like to live in a a world with robot dinosaurs. (laughs) Like, realistically, if you came up to me when I was a kid and said, robot dinosaurs, that would have been the most amazing thing in the world to me. Robot dinosaurs sound is so cool. And then when they revealed Horizon Zero Dawn, and I saw robot dinosaurs... I was I was in immediately. They didn't they didn't need to do anything else. And to this day, I mean, you don't see this while we record, but there's a picture of Horizon Zero Dawn behind me. Mm-hmm. I am eagerly hoping that we're going to hear about Horizon Zero Dawn two for as a PS5 launch game. My proposed title Horizon New Dawn. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I am very thankful because they showed me that robot dinosaurs can be cool and really fun. So I am very thankful to Horizon Zero Dawn. Every day.
1: I appreciate that. That's very nice. (laughs) I'm thankful for... (laughs) This is going to sound like I'm looking for brownie points. And I don't know if I've said this before. Uh, I'm thankful for my wife because I get to play all of these games. And I get to go do things like Extra Life because she understands how important board games and video games are. To me, and generally, she enjoys playing them as well. Um, And I'm thankful for that. Because I think we're lucky. We both have Mm
0: -hmm. significant
1: others who are into our hobby, or we got into our hobby, or they got us into our hobby. Whatever the situation. Um, So much so that she, she wants to get a Switch now for herself, so she can play Animal Crossing when it comes out. And she can keep playing Stardew because she's playing it on her phone right now. Um,
0: get that new Pokemon. And
1: I'll get it. Yeah, I'll get it. She'll probably get it for Christmas, the new Pokemon. Um, so I'm thankful for for that. Um, she doesn't listen to this, so it's not really brownie points. <laughs>
0: uh, uh.
1: But I am thankful for her. I think I said it last year when we did our thankfuls. But I think it's important to to bring that up when we were talking about – and that was my joke answer, by the way. I'm thankful for my wife. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But you really are. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Joking.
0: (laughs) Uh, You know, in the same vein, I am thankful for Fox in the Forest.
1: Yeah, me too, but not for the same (laughs) reasons. And I am
0: thankful for Fox in the Forest because it is a game I can basically consistently beat my partner in, which doesn't (laughs) happen very often when we're playing board games. So I am thankful for Fox in the Forest for making me not feel like such a schlup when it comes to playing board (laughs) games. That's funny. (laughs) That's like almost like sweet, right?
1: Yeah, kind of. In an insulting way.
0: (laughs) Uh, How many more thankfuls do you have, sir?
1: I have as many as you want to do or as little as you want to do.
0: Okay, let's each do two more and we'll wrap this up.
1: I'm thankful for Games as a Service. Mm. Um, And while we both have different ones, I have Google Play Pass. Mm. You have Apple Arcade. I do. I really enjoy it because it falls right into the same line as Game Pass, um, PlayStation Now. These things that allow us to access things that we would not normally try. And worst case scenario, we're out a little bit of time and money, depending on how much you're paying best case scenario you find something that you love that you would have never experienced right? Um, and and I'm very thankful like I have this is the police I can play on my phone because it's part of Play Pass which I'm installing right now because I always open it to see what's new Mm -hmm. and to try something new and I would never have tried that I know it was out on like Switch and PC or the sequel was Um, Risk is on here I've been playing Reigns there's well, so I many things Rings. that I would never play. Um, and and I mean, World War Z, the Outer Worlds, these games. Mm-hmm. that like, I Honestly, I would have never played Outer Worlds just because people said it was Fallout, which it might still be, but I did not enjoy any of the Fallouts. And I would have missed out on this game I'm very much enjoying. So I'm very thankful for Games of Service or Games as a Service, whatever you want to call them.
0: Game services.
1: Game services. (laughs) There we go. (laughs)
0: All right. I am very thankful for Plaid Hat's storybook system.
1: Oh, that's a good one.
0: And the reason I'm thankful for it is multifold. Number one, it's very cool that when you're playing the game, you're constantly getting a different board, essentially, that you're playing on. And that it changes how the game is set up and the feeling and experience you're having while you're playing with the game. Number two, I'm very thankful because there tends to be a very good story that is a strong component of the game. So while you're playing, you're learning about these characters, you're learning about the situation, there's parts for you to read as you get into it, and I think that's something that is very cool and a neat way to incorporate storytelling into the games that we play. I'm also thankful for it because they tend, they're campaign-based games. They're a thing that you play from beginning to end, and yes, you can go back and replay various missions or play them in a different order if you really want to, but there's this nice sense of progression as you're playing this game and going through that you're accomplishing something and you're working towards a goal and you're constantly moving forward, which is something that you don't often get in board games. And finally, I'm thankful for it because in addition to being a really great game, when I'm done playing it, I can also check it off as a book I read this year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that you can do that. (laughs) I'm doing it, darn it. I mean, you can do whatever you want, but <laughs> well, that was pushing the boundaries, I think, a little bit. Um, before I get to my final uh, thankful, I, I I forgot to mention I played two games with Lucas. Um, and wow. I feel like a jerk. <laughs>
0: you know, first you said you wanted a room with him at the PSPG house party, <laughs> yep. throwing your podcast partner out of the house. <laughs> and then we get to the podcast and you don't even mention the games you played with him.
1: Yeah, I completely forgot. But, but to be fair, he and, didn't mention and it me. he didn't mention it on Fox either, so so I could just not mention it and we would be even. But I don't know if he mentioned it on PSVG. We because we do Humble Bundle, uh last month we got Spyro trilogy, Crash Trilogy, and Call of Duty World War Two on the PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, which neither of us have played. So we jumped in and we played Zombies, uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, And then we also played Scythe, um, which actually leads into my last thankful, which is why I remembered it. But it was funny. We were playing Scythe and he said, well, it's... it's good because at least you know that you've played the board game. And I was like, dude, I own the board game. I have never played it. <laughs> so we played our game, first game together without knowing any of the rules.
0: <laughs> nice. Excellent.
1: <laughs> and stumbled, just stumbled right through that game until his computer crashed and he surrendered, I'm going to call it. <laughs> <laughs> so technically, I'm calling it a win for me. I um, think that's fair. But I'm thankful for board games making the digital transition for the most part. There's definitely hits and misses. But the reason why I'm thankful for this is that I got to play Twilight Struggle mm-hmm. and Scythe with Lucas, someone in Detroit, someone I would not ever have the chance to play a board game with. Eventually, I'll get to play Gloomhaven with people on Steam when they had co op. Um, I'm thankful that if we really wanted to play a game that was legitimately good, uh, we could just go on Steam and each buy it and play it together, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm really thankful for that. Like we should play Ticket to Ride together. We should, you know, do something where we're playing our passion together. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I really and even that translates to phone, the apps and phones as well. Like I played hundreds more games of Potion Explosion than I would ever have played physically. So right. uh, and, and not to mention, it's just putting more eyes on this hobby that we really enjoy so much. So I'm thankful for the exposure it's giving. Um, I just wish things like the digital pandemic didn't exist because they're really making, <laughs> they're really giving board games a bad rap for digital. Uh, I did download Lord of the Rings.
0: Oh yeah. The so living card game, 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 game on right. game pass.
1: Cause yep. I was going to buy it on switch and then it just came out on game pass. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> so I look forward to playing that as well, but that's what I'm thankful for.
0: Awesome. And I have a really snarky one I was going to do, but I'm not going to. No, no, I'm not going to. (laughs) Uh, But I will do one that's kind of snarky as my final thankful. I am really thankful for every game that has some sort of weapon-breaking slash degeneration (laughs) system. And I'm thankful for those games for always reminding me that I never, ever like that system.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is... That's a good, that's good. It's like, you're thankful for reminding you there's better games to play. <laughs> right. And,
0: you know, cause it, it exists in outer worlds, right? There's this system in yeah. the outer worlds that yeah. it's there. And I guess the best thing I can say about the outer world system is so far, at least in my experience, the it's so painfully slow yeah. that I usually find something way better by the time my weapon was going to break anyway.
1: Yeah. Or you or, have multiple versions of the same weapon.
0: Exactly. But I still don't like it. I would still (laughs) rather it not be there. Uh, But yeah, I'm just not, I've just never been a fan of weapon degradation. I just don't. You mean it's
1: not like hitting a a bokoblin, a bokoblin, or bokoblin, I can't (laughs) even say the name, with a stick, and then it just break in the middle of the combat?
0: (laughs) You know. Uh, it's neither here. I'm not here to talk about one specific game. I'm i did not even bring thankful that game for up. Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I didn't say that. That's not what I'm saying. No, now. I said that. <laughs> so.
1: I am saying that.
0: All right. Well, we do have some feedback from our listeners about things they're thankful for. Josh, why don't you take us through it?
1: I should apologize. I aired my grievances. I didn't uh, not in Festivus Day. So uh, I think by quoting Seinfeld, I should get my Donny can't be mad at me anymore because I just. <laughs> <laughs> Bash, Breath of the Wild, but then reference Seinfeld. That's true. Uh, yes, we did have some people. We asked the question, uh, uh, what games or things people are thankful for as well? Um, Shpleg, uh, old reliable, who's probably not old at all, says, honestly, uh, and he added Call of Duty. <laughs> at Call of Duty hasn't been my favorite game. Strong statement. <laughs> I'm enjoying the current one, though. Uh, But it's the one game both my brothers and I get and keep in touch while playing. And I can really relate to that statement because my brother, he really fell off of the video game bandwagon, but reluctantly. He Mm -hmm. wants to play games. He just doesn't. He can't find the time in his life to do it. Right. Um, But Call of Duty was always a game where we would get together, bring multiple consoles and TVs together. And we would just sit down and play like gun game, Mm -hmm. the old school, like um, um, some of the older stuff or zombies just and have a blast playing Call of Duty together. So I definitely can relate to that. And I wish I could get find time. But now we both have kids and it's even more impossible to find time. But uh, I can definitely relate to what Splig is saying.
0: It's funny because I see Splig on playing Call of Duty often. And I wonder, or I, I consider saying, hey, should I invite him to my game or should I join his game? But then I saw this tweet, and now I don't want to. Because <laughs> I don't want to interrupt his brother time.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, maybe it says they keep in touch. Yes, Shplig, uh reach out to us if you're not playing with your brothers and you want to play some Call of Duty. Because I'm dying to play some Call of Duty with Kyle, too. So um, let us know. Tag us. And we'll come play Call of Duty with you if we can. Indeed. Cool. Um, enemy of the show, William Herkovitz says... Whoa! 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 <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm thankful for William. I am uh, too.
0: I'm very thankful for William.
1: Well, now, now it sounds like you're being sarcastic. We I'm both not know being sarcastic! You and William have a feud going on.
0: <laughs> we don't have a
1: feud. <laughs> uh, William says, I'm thankful for negotiation me- mechanics in the game. Which I think we just did, um, and other ways uh, games let play yourself balance and prevent runaway victories. Uh, best example is Probs Catan. What popular mechanics are you most thankful for?
0: I well, will say, yeah. going really briefly to looking at Catan or Catan or whatever you want to say, <laughs> uh, that is I very rarely win Catan. Not because oh, people won't trade with me. I'm just I always I play one of two strategies, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. <laughs> um but that has to be a really frustrating feeling for the person who's in the lead that there's no one. It's like I'm not trading with you, I'm not trading yeah. anything with you. You need yeah. something, that's really too bad for you.
1: Well the trick for Katan is to katan katan, is to not let people know you're in the
0: lead. I know. Just nonchalantly go about your business. Just go and don't draw attention. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. If if people are braggadocious at the beginning when they're in the lead, that's when people start moving the robber. Stop oh, yeah. trading, start doing double trades with other people, things like that. Absolutely. But yeah, so I agree. Um, I think we could probably both agree on deck building as one of our most uh, favorite mechanics.
0: I love deck building.
1: Um, I also am a big fan of uh, worker placement. And um, I know William is a fan of negotiation because I know like Secret Hitler is one of his favorite games. So, um, um, yeah, what about you, Kyle? Are you just sticking with deck building or do you have a different one?
0: Yeah, I mean, deck building is definitely my my favorite, but I also do like drafting. Mm. Um, so anytime I get to draft, I'm usually pretty stoked about that as well. Uh, but I agree. I think negotiation is fun, and I just don't get to play that many games that have it, mostly because I talked about a couple episodes ago how, for whatever reason, I have this aversion to party games, which tend to be yeah. games that have a lot of negotiation. So I really shoot myself in the foot there. I don't know why I do that, but I do love negotiation when I get to do it. Sheriff of Nottingham. Oh, lying. I love lying in games. Sheriff of Nottingham. Oh, yeah. it's so good. I love it. <laughs> it's so great.
1: Yes, I do like the um, traitor aspect of games. Yeah, uh, I uh, Shadows of Camelot is a great one.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Dead of Winter is one of the reasons Dead I love of Dead Winter. of Winter. Oh my gosh, Crossroads. I love the Crossroads mechanic too. Crossroads is so good. I'm so thankful for Crossroads.
1: No, you can't be thankful anymore. We're already past that part. Oh no, I'm we did thankful. ask what we're thankful for. You're yeah. right, sorry. Well, there you go. Uh, and finally, uh, Haunted Backlog eh, eh, Backlog Blues Wow, that was a weird uh, thing I just did. Uh, says, I'm currently thankful for Borderlands 2. Because Jacob, which I believe is his son, and I are bonding while playing through the campaign of quote, the zombie game, end quote. Uh, I love that. I love uh, that that you're playing games with your son and I can't wait to do that myself. Uh, right now, my son will watch me play the cars game because i bought it to let you know let him watch me play it so that's fun but i, I love the, that that is what's happening uh, for the backlog you have any comments on that one
0: I will say it does make my heart warm when I boot up my Xbox and the, in my little news feed I see that you recently got an achievement for the cards game. <laughs> it always makes my heart warm because I know why you're playing it. That's nice. Um, but no, that's great. I, I think that's really awesome that um, he plays with his son and you know the zombie game Borderlands 2. That is a great game. Borderlands 2. You know, I think probably pretty universally now at this point the best Borderlands
1: yeah for sure
0: you know <laughs> i I down. think I think borderlands three while while good it was not quite exactly what people maybe were hoping. I think it's good game still, yeah oh, I gotta go back and finish that still, but yeah, borderlands two great man, I had a lot of fun with that game, so I'm glad that you and your son are having a wonderful time with it as well. All right. Well, hey, listeners, thanks so much for all of your feedback. We always appreciate it. So you can hit us up at BoardWithVG on Twitter and let us know what is on your mind. But with that, we are drawing to the end of the show. So we're going to leave you with a recommendation for a well-rounded life. As we are a video game and board game podcast, it's not the only thing we do. We also like to do some other things as well. So we're going to leave you with a recommendation of something else we're currently into that's helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation for our dear listeners?
1: Hey, there's this show on Netflix. It's called Breakfast, Lunch, and Dinner.
0: I can't believe I haven't watched this yet.
1: David Chang's new show from uh, Ugly Delicious fame. It is an interesting blend of travel and food, but it's not like Ugly Delicious was. You're not always learning how food was made or the history Mm -hmm. behind it. But what you are learning, each episode he has a, um, a celebrity guest with him and you they go to a certain part of the world and that part that place has a connection with that celebrity Mm -hmm. um like uh he went with chrissy Teigen, and they went to casablanca in that whole in that whole area in um um northwestern africa Uh, it Mm -hmm. was very interesting i really enjoyed watching it um he's a very smart guy she uh uh, there's a one with Kate McKinnon I just watched, which was very good. Uh, the first one has Seth Rogen. That was very good. Um, and then um, I, I, I'm i forgetting her name, but she was in um, Master of None with Aziz. And she was in Ready Player One. Um, and I want to say her name begins with an L. Um, but I'm forgetting her name. Anyways, a young African-American actress I can't think of her full name, but she's very good. And in, in her episode they were in LA, and that was very good as well. Um so I have I think I have two more episodes, one or two more episodes to watch. But uh just an easy recommendation for if you like David Chang from Ugly Delicious, like as a personality. Um or if you like to see if you like travel shows, you like to see different parts of the country and what they eat in other parts of the country as well. Um, so far very good. And of course It's in 4K on Netflix, so it looks beautiful as well.
0: Awesome. That is breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It is in my queue to watch because I do love him. And there's a new season of Ugly Delicious apparently coming in not all that that long. We'll see. It says new episode's coming or something like that on it, but it said that for, I think, six months at this point. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, my recommendation dear listener is, uh, Jack Ryan is back on Amazon. So, if you have not ever seen Jack Ryan, uh, I do recommend it. Now, I will say this show has some problems. The first <laughs> season has some problems. The second season had some problems. There are issues, I think, in uh, maybe things being a, a touch stereotypical. They do try a little bit to kind of explain potentially the other side of the story, if you would. Um, but maybe pretty weakly, typically. Uh, they don't always write women the best in the show. Um But if you're just looking for a pretty, I want to say a a 90s spy thriller type show, uh, that's what it is. And sometimes I just enjoy a a show like that uh, and Jack Ryan lives up to that. So I'm only about halfway through season two right now, but I have been enjoying the ride. So if that's something that sounds potentially interesting to you, uh, I would give Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime a shout out or a look.
1: Nice. Did you ever watch Covert Affairs on USA?
0: I have not watched Covert Affairs. Is uh, it good?
1: Yeah, it's very good. It has Piper Parabo, Piper Perabo actress Perabo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very good. I, I really enjoyed that show a lot. Um and it, it's it's very similar um to what you're describing Jack Ryan might
0: be. Oh, I will definitely check that out, potentially after breakfast, lunch and dinner. Yeah, nice. Awesome. All right, Josh. What do you say we wrap this show up?
1: uh that's a great idea uh thanks for joining us everyone in addition to finding us on twitter and instagram at board with fiji, you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash board with fiji so feel free to give us a five-star rating over there also if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media please feel free to send us an email at boardwithvg at gmail.com We also tag all our stuff with hashtag BoardWithVG, so please use that hashtag as well so we can see what you're up to. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, whether it's the Dice Tower Network feed, the PSVG feed, or our very own standalone BoardWithVG feed, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. You can find me on PlayStation Network and Xbox Live at Why So Serious? That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. I'm also considering doing what a lot of other people have been doing and just trying to streamline it so all of my socials are under that tag. So um, if I do update my Instagram and my Twitter, I will make sure to let people know that that's what I did. Kyle, where can people find you?
0: So you can find me at all of the usual places. Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, BoardGameGeek, all at PsychoCross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have any suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. As a final reminder, next week will be our Metafall 2019 recap. So we'll go over all the scores, how we all did, and announce who the winners of the contest are. Uh, So be sure if you have some questions or thoughts about this fall's games, let us know. Uh, Otherwise, look for that recap next week. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.